The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns related. I'm your host for today, David McGraw, alongside the ever so dabbing Mitch Krumpetich. How are you now? How are you now? All right. You're supposed fine. to say good and you. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. This is, I'm not Chuck here. Oh, not so bad. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm done. I'm out. All right. Well, that was a good podcast, everyone. That was, that was nice seeing you. Tune in next week. Go Suns. <laughs> uh, no, please, please stay. We're please stay. We, we want you. Um, so on this week's pod, we're going to talk about the Kevin Arnovitz article about uh, the craziness that is Sarver alongside some other tidbits here and there. Talk about a really good week in Suns basketball as well as game previews. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show. All right, so we will start it off with just an amazing article that Kevin Arnovitz wrote on the state of the Suns franchise and mostly since Robert Sarver took over the team. If you haven't read this article, read it immediately. If you haven't listened to the Zach Lowe podcast with Kevin Arnovitz on it, I highly recommend it. Longtime listeners of the show know that I love Zach Lowe and will listen to anything he does, except I have an exception on this now. I don't listen to episodes that have Beck or Windhorst. And when they're both together, I tried. I tried. Like they had one a month or so ago. I couldn't even listen to the intro. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I love Zach Lowe, though, and Kevin Arnovitz, I was just saying before we started recording, I think Kevin Arnovitz might be the most unbiased reporter in the NBA right now. He does such such a great job of just saying, here's what happened, here's the facts, boom, you interpret it yourself. This is what happened. So Yeah, so before we do the deep dive on this, if you haven't read the article, read the article. If you don't want to read the article, listen to us and then listen to Zach Lowe. Yeah. Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's a good call. So I'll kind of break it down from just listening and reading the article. Go read it. It gives so much insight into just the dealings of the Suns franchise and how When Robert Sarver first took over this team, we had some unexpected success, and a lot of that can get attributed to owners. Uh, We hear all the time, it's a top-down league, so it starts with the owners and then trickles down. I've said that a lot about the the poor play and the the lack of success that the Suns have had, but the same thing happened when Sarver originally bought the team. So things were pretty good. And people were saying, wow, look at what he's doing. This is unexpected. And over time, things just started getting bad. We had some unfortunate things happen. You know, Steve Nash and his injuries in the trade. That was a sour taste for a lot of Suns fans. Um, We just started having less and less success each year. We've had a carousel of head coaches. We've had players who are upset. And through all of this... Robert Sarver has tightened his grasp on the organization's day-to-day dealings. And Ryan McDonough came in as the GM, and he did some things that weren't the best, but he made some good decisions as well. But Arnovitz really highlights the fact that Robert Sarver was making a lot of the decisions that McDonough probably should have been making and I've heard some people argue that the sign of a good GM is that they are able to face that pressure of having an owner wanting to take that control and be able to say like listen I got this I know the basketball side of this you're the business side I know how this works a lot of people were saying McDonough just couldn't do that and let Sarver have too much power but I don't know. I think I'm a little bit more in the camp that Sarver probably overstepped his bounds a little bit too much. It's it's tough. It's a tough 
thing to to even talk about because we weren't there. We really don't know. It also doesn't sound like the most non-McDonough thing to have kind of just rolled over almost. He was not a good right. people person. He was not very good. No, with he wasn't. Interacting. He wasn't. And Arnovitz with... talks about that. Yeah. Yeah, he talks about that in the article. He he says, you know, along with the de- the deterioration of the team on the court, the arena started to get older and nothing, no renovations, nothing happened. And, you know, now we're approved for this big renovation and everything coming up, which we've talked about in depth. But the facilities started getting worse. Um, just that kind of stuff. The, the business side started to decline and fans weren't as interested anymore. I can't really speak on the ticket sales because I don't know what their numbers look like, but um, it it's interesting to see how just the team as a whole started to deteriorate over the last few years, and we've won less than 25 games for the past five seasons in a row, so that's very difficult. Nine-year playoff drought as well. Not not keys for success. And you, you can also... Um, you can attribute, I mean, you talk about the business stuff, but the, uh, what's been uh, kind of getting dredged up on, you know, if you're on Reddit or any of that kind of stuff, uh, dredged up by fans even, is just all of the plays during the Steve Nash era where we were good that kind of led to the eventual start of deterioration. And basically it was just the fact that we had Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash that, you know, we didn't start deteriorating quicker. We basically got lucky, is what a lot of people say, which is... Yeah, well, and like if you look at the Shaq trade, yeah, exactly, that was that was just a, the beginning of the end, kind of. As much as I love, <laughs> yeah, Shaq. exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I think I do need to bring up probably if you've heard anything about this article, it's been this: when Ryan McDonough was first hired, Robert Sarver got some live goats some actual goats and it was from i think it was from a wnba event that the mercury were doing for diana tarasi because tarasi is like i shouldn't say like diana tarasi is the goat of the wnba i don't think many people are going to argue with that she's the best that league has ever seen and so they were doing an event for her and they had the goats for that and robert sarver i guess was just like let me borrow these. And he put them in Ryan McDonough's office where they proceeded to do what goats do. animals do. And they, <laughs> it was so funny to hear Zach Lowe and Kevin Arnovitz talk about this because hearing Zach Lowe say goats defecate on the floor over and over and over was hilarious. But yeah, that's what happened. And it was a huge mess. <laughs> At one point in the podcast, Zach Lowe asks, do you know if there was carpet in that office? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so they talk about that for for a minute, which is pretty funny. But it just kind of shows Sarver being a little bit eccentric and he was I guess trying to use them as a metaphor like we're going to get the goat here in Phoenix and make this team the goat. I don't even know. He wanted like McDonough to find a goat of like the Suns own or yeah, something. Yeah. I feel like there was an easier way to do that. No, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, there's a lot of like stuffed animals or these plastic little animals. I, I mean, you could have you could have gotten him, him like a Diana Diana Taurasi bobblehead you could have got a jersey or something yeah something like that it would have gotten the point across and it would have been a lot less work for whoever cleaned that up (laughs) do you think he made mcdonough do it like i was just thinking (laughs) he made mcdonough like clean up after it he he should have done it himself but you know that probably wasn't the case no i'm sure the sun's janitorial staff is amazing but (laughs) i feel bad for them i really do so you know, that's that's one of the highlights of the article for sure. But then it goes into more of the on-court stuff and just how it's a little bit confusing right now. Uh, there was a really good example that Arnovitz gave where he said, a common thing that a lot of teams will do before the season starts is they'll go in and talk about 
what's what what does it seem like the main goal of each team in the league is this season? And so, you know, you look at the Warriors. Okay, their goal is to win a championship. The 76ers, they're in win-now mode. They're going to make moves to try to win now. Um, maybe a team like the Grizzlies, they're trying to retool. Or the Clippers, he gave an example of the Clippers. Trying to retool, but still remain relevant. So teams will try to come up with one or two sentences on what their opponents are trying to do each season. And with the Suns, people just didn't know what to say. They would say, we have no idea what they're trying to do. And at the beginning of this season, we had all this stuff about, we have Aiton and Booker now, we're going to try to make a push for the eight seed, try to make the playoffs. That didn't happen. But Not even close. It's, you know, people would hear us saying that and then see, well, how are they going to do that, though? So it was very confusing. And then when you think about free agent signings, when we signed Trevor Ariza and Ryan Anderson, and they just didn't perform, but people, some people expected them to be much better than they really were, and it was confusing to some GMs, like, so they're going to try to win now, but they signed Ryan Anderson and Trevor Ariza. And, and we have, we didn't sign Ryan Anderson, we did trade for him, but that confused oh, yeah. so many people at the time, because it seemed like, like, yes, we got to, we got DeAnthony Melton out of it, but it seemed like Brandon Knight was, like, that was their point guard, that's who we had right. to a lot of people, even though Chris, it mm-hmm. seemed like, was a sunk cost, and all that kind of stuff. It was like Brandon. All right, Brandon Knight is what, what? That's what. That's what they got. So now who's their point guard? Right, right. It was really confusing. And when you look at free agents who want to sign, maybe with us, I could see why they would wonder what's going on there. How am I going to fit into this mess? So, uh, yeah, that's. I think that's the gist of it. There's a lot more to it for sure. Again, I recommend reading the article and listening to the podcast, but those are some of the highlights. Really great article that just kind of talks about the, the state of the team. And, you know, we don't really know exactly what direction we're heading in, but if this week is an indication of that, I would be totally okay with that. Because we played four games, and we won three of them, and we played very good teams. Well, two very good teams. Three very good teams. So... The first game was on Monday the 4th. We played the Milwaukee Bucks, and it was a 114-105 win. It was extremely surprising. There was... I mean, I thought we were going to get destroyed. When the Bucks scored their first two points, I think it was an and one, too. I think Giannis got to the rim and got fouled and made the shot. I turned to the people who sit behind us, and I said, well, it's over. (laughs) I was still wrong, and it was great. So... Yeah, 114-105, Suns win. We had a 38-point fourth quarter, which was really nice. And we came back from being down. We were down 31-20 to at the beginning of the first quarter. And we came back. It was so cool. We're also going to be starting a new thing starting today where we're going to go through the lines for these games and the over-unders. Uh, if you're interested in sports betting and you live in a place where it's legal, unfortunately, we can't do this in Arizona yet hopefully one day, but if you are able to do that, use Bovada Sportsbook. They make it very easy to do all of this, so I'll go through this so that if you're interested in that, you'll have some information. So the line for this game was Milwaukee by 13.5. The over-under was 233, and it was under at 219. So that is super cool that they were favored by 13.5, and we won by 9. Yeah, so just a big jump. And you talk about going, uh, especially after that first quarter, the Bucks just looked like the best team in the league, and we looked like the Suns. That's that's just how it, how it was. But uh, we are able to come back. It seems like, especially because of that Lakers game, you know, there was, even though LeBron had, what, 27 and 16 assists or whatever, we... Right. The whole Aiton on LeBron thing seemed like it worked to an extent, and like it just seemed like the guys were like really locked in. And you know, Aiton on Giannis for this game, yeah. And I mean, Giannis 
And he had like what, twenty two points? I think it was. He had twenty one points, yep. thirteen rebounds, six assists. He was eight for fourteen from the field. So really, not a bad game. He did have six turnovers though. Yeah, I mean, which was nice. It's a good game, but I mean, Giannis is an MVP front runner. Like it's him yeah. and it's him and James Harden. Those are the MVP. and it's gonna it's gonna be Giannis. If it's not Giannis, I will be shocked. I, there was a stat that uh, someone pulled up on our NBA. I don't remember the username, but that Harden could go scoreless in the rest of the games this season and still have twenty nine yeah. points per game. Twenty seven. No, I it's it's twenty nine because they. Twenty nine. I think like how they calculated it or something because they added the four uh-huh. games that he had missed or something like that. Um, but someone said it in the comments. I think that it was like twenty nine, twenty seven, twenty nine, whatever. Ridiculous. Like it's still crazy. Yeah. And I think what Harden's done is a lot more impressive. The Bucks are the like have the best record. They look great. It's a big turnaround. I think a lot of that is Coach Bud. I think Bud Coach Bud should probably win Coach of the Year. And I think he will. Too. I think Harden should probably get MVP over Giannis only because of like all of the like insanity. That happened with that heart, that rocket see, team. I I see that, but I think Giannis should get MVP because he's like Harden is just such a great scorer, but Giannis is a much better all around player, and I think he has had a better season. And I mean, I know they're in the East, but they do have the best record in the league, and I think that little slump at the beginning of the season for the Rockets hurts Harden just enough. I think the slump at the beginning of the season helps the narrative for Harden more. I could see that too. Because they talk about, or someone showed also, like there's the talk of the, uh, the run that the Rockets are on right now that's pushed them to the third seed in the West and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. They're not going to get into like beat out the Warriors or Nuggets for that next spot, but no, I mean, a top three seed after being so bad and being like 14 in the West and then losing Chris Paul and uh, Clint Capella for so long, having so many just revolving door guys. I think yeah. I think the narrative is there. Regardless, Giannis has been great. And, you know, I don't know what it is, but maybe just Aiton being on a guy like that, it just kind of locks in everyone else because Oubre has been everywhere. Uh, he he's been great and just really locked in yeah. defensively. M- yeah, Mikhail and Bridges. Yeah, I was gonna say Mikel has been awesome. Yeah. Both those guys it have just nice. been getting steals and being great. Yeah, that was great. It really was. But Giannis did play pretty well. But we did enough to stop him. It was nice. Um, it's always nice Bledsoe. to be. I was just about to say it's always nice to be Bledsoe. Yes, and Eric Bledsoe. He was okay. 15 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, 5 for 15 shooting. That was nice. 0 for 6 from 3. Don't miss that. Yeah, not at all. Ugh, uh, I know. Talking smack to Booker and trying, like playing good defense on him at the end, but still losing. Yeah, Always great. It was nice. Always it's, great. It's like Phoenix Bloodsoe came out in this <laughs> <Yeah>, game. <laughs> exactly. Um, I want to give a shout out to Pat Connaughton. Who had a twenty-one million? Oh yeah, I think that's the stat. Twenty-one minutes, zero, zero everything, points, zero assists, zero rebounds, zero blocks, zero steals. Yeah, it's nice. Yep, gotta love, love it. That. Yep. Uh, but no, this is a good team. But let's look at some sun stats here. DeAndre Ayton with a good game, nineteen points and twelve rebounds, eight for thirteen shooting. That was really nice. He also had three blocks. I was gonna say he had a few and blocks. Guarded Giannis. Yep. Uh, Dragon Bender's still starting. I'm not going to say his stats because they're bad. <laughs> Devin Booker, Shout 22 out to... points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. Shout out to the DB crew of Book and Draghi <laughs> Bendy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Kelly Oubre had a great game in this one. 27 points, 13 rebounds. And just, he only had one steal, but it seemed like a lot more. He, he was all over the place just on defense. active hands great. and... Are like pretty much it was Kelly's game. It was the he's the reason why we won. He was just amazing, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know uh, he had that really awesome uh, force out on Brooke Lopez to end the game to basically seal it. Yeah, so awesome. I Kelly Oubre is awesome. Uh, I love him. He sign him now. Oh, he's <laughs> uh, we might overpay him, but 
That's fine. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. We cannot Alfred Payton this again. No, not at all. <laughs> I should get an Ubre jersey. No, <laughs> I'll do it once we sign him. Yeah, once we <laughs> sign him to a long contract, then you can get an Ubre I've, jersey. I've made that mistake before. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this was a great game, but let's talk about this Knicks game, which was on Wednesday the 6th. And this was a 107-96 win. So our Bovada line for that one was Phoenix by three and a half. Favored. What? Is this the first time we've been favored this year? No, that's not. That is not true. <laughs> it's but. not. It's the first time we've been favored in a while. But the over-under for that was 228, and the final score was 107.96, so that's 203, so it was under. There's a trend on these, if you notice. But it was nice to get another win. And that final score uh, is not indicative to how close the game was. No. Yeah, we, we pretty much owned them. It was yeah. great. And Devin Booker sets the record for the most points he scored in Phoenix with 41 points. The fact that he hasn't had a 40-point game in Phoenix is ridiculous. I know. But 41 on 14 for 23 shooting. So, pretty efficient. I'll take that. He was in the game way too late and definitely trying to get to over 40. He was at he was at 39 okay. for a long time. And, like It's fine, but he, he probably should have been pulled and just whatever. But he... He wanted it and got it on this ridiculous, like, shot fadeaway. Yeah, in the post. it was it nice. Was... It was really nice. But yeah, 41, five rebounds, four assists for him. And then Kelly Oubre had another good game with 18 points and four rebounds. But I want to talk about DeAndre Ayton. He didn't have to do much in this one 10 points, six rebounds, four for eight shooting. That's what happens when Booker just takes over like that i guess but well it's not only that but uh he had a tough time on his opera he had a tough time on the opportunities he did have going up against deandre jordan again he's had a really tough time in those matchups this year uh-huh. uh the three previous ones in dallas uh, just didn't really have kind of standout games deandre jordan's a really tough matchup for him uh deandre jordan in general is a tough matchup for centers he gets away with a lot of stuff whether Mm-hmm. You know, being physical and stuff and just has that uh uh reputation and just a right. big physical guy so it's a really it's a really really tough matchup for Aiden it is yeah and Jordan finished with 17 points and 14 rebounds but that's just what he's gonna do but really the Knicks I mean they did not do much and Frank Nilakina didn't even play I think Emmanuel Moutier is still on that team. Dennis Smith Jr. had 15 points and 6 assists, so not terrible, but I don't know. They're, I like watching the Knicks because it just reminds me that it could always be worse. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's fair. I, I mean, they have some nice young pieces there. Um, I like Kevin Knox. Yeah, Kevin Knox. He didn't, he didn't do anything in this game, but I like him. He, he didn't really do anything. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is fine. I like Neil Aquina, even though, like, He's been hurt or whatever it is. Yeah, but Hazonia. They have Hazonia. Do you know that? I, I know because uh, Hazonia stepped forgot. over Giannis earlier this season, oh, yeah, and that was the two right, points he right. scored in a game. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Narrative probably has Zion to the Knicks, so if you could believe in uh, the NBA rigging, and you can bet your money on Zion being a Nick. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's pretty. I feel like the Knicks are probably going to get the one pick. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, Zion's not even healthy, though. He hasn't been playing. So, well, yeah. Knicks fans better hold their breaths. Yeah, well. So, uh, if you're a Suns fan, just hope for Jaw. Jaw or trade it. I don't even want Zion anymore. He sucks. Just <laughs> kidding. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm absolutely <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, this was a fun one. Always good to get a win. But, of course, the happiness can't last for too long. Because we played Portland. And got destroyed Portland actually we didn't get destroyed technically but it seemed like it (laughs) we kind of did so kind of the final score of this game was 127 120 but it really was not that close we had a 43.4 quarter with our third our and their third string guys in but the the Bovada line for this was Portland by 11 and a half, and they only won by seven, so 
didn't cover it, but the over-under was 227, and this one, the it was the over because it was 247 points. So a high-scoring affair. But, yeah, we, we did not look great in this game. The Blazers are good. The Blazers are good. Kinda... They've been great at home. Yeah. And they've just... They played us really. We've just had a really tough time against them the last couple of years. We have. I I always like to explain to people we have this weird rivalry with the Blazers where we're the only ones who think we have it and they always beat us. So we have as much of a rivalry as you can get with someone that just destroys you every time you play them. Yeah, I feel like we're still on the uh, the bandwagon of those two games in the beginning of. Uh... The season, uh, it was the first Last year we season. started covering it, uh, covering the Suns. Uh, oh, where uh, the yeah, with Bledsoe and Knight, where they combined for like seventy points. That's and... right, that's right. Oh yeah, the <laughs> the what well, that was the fifteen sixteen season. Whatever, I'm but yeah, all the so years are blending. We've either. had that. We've had the Noah Vonleh beef at summer league, <laughs> yeah. which I don't know why I remember that, but I always do. Uh, we had at the beginning of last season where they blew us out by 40 points. 48. Or 48, yeah. And then didn't we play them twice, like really early on, and they blew us out both times? We always, yeah, we always play them twice, though, at the beginning of the season, it right. seems like. And, and then Earl got fired, like, right after that second one. Well, well, no, we, we got blown out by, like, the Clippers, no. oh, Okay. but we'd play yeah. them again, and it was not as bad of a blowout, but that's uh, not That's saying right, much. that's right. Yes, but anyway, yeah, we, I mean, we didn't really play very well. Booker had 23, two rebounds, five assists. DeAndre Ayton had 21 points and eight rebounds. Oubre, 17 and seven. Tyler Johnson, 14, seven and seven. That was kind of nice, but four for 11 shooting. The bench didn't do a whole lot. Bridges had 12 points, six rebounds. We didn't play the worst game in the world, really. It, but Ray just... Spaulding came in at the end. Yeah. Um, but the Blazers, I mean, Damian Lillard is hard to stop. He only had 18 points, but he had 9 assists. He only shot 4 for 11 as well, but you wouldn't have known that. McCollum had a good game, though. Yeah, it was the 26 game. points, yeah. 11 for 14 shooting, 4 for 7 from 3. It's hard to stop that. Yeah, and then Seth Curry had twenty two points in this one too. Also, Always. I have to give a shout out to my boy Zach Collins from Gonzaga. He didn't score, but he did have <laughs> six rebounds and two assists. Nice, <laughs> I know. <laughs> good old go Zach. So, yeah, I mean, at least at least Jake Layman didn't score twenty plus on us again. Yeah, that's so, that's always I'm, a bonus. You can't win them all. Yeah, and the Warriors are not the Warriors. Let me rephrase that. The Blazers are a tough matchup. They it's been tough. They play really hard. They're a good team. I they know are. everyone seems to forget that after they got swept by the Pelicans last year during that right. weird playoff series that was right. really good. But uh, they're, they're I really still great. Hope, I really hope that the Blazers and the Thunder are the four five matchup in the West this okay. year. That'd be a really it's, good series. It's, it's looking like it will be right now, but it's really, really close. Yeah. So it'll that'd be, be a, tough. But that'd be a really good series. They already are getting into it, and the yep. last time they played it felt like a playoff game. So, yeah, they, I'm rooting for that for sure. They have really tough matchups. They have they have for the last, cu- last couple of years. Uh, yeah. Just play really hard against each other and really interesting matchups. Right. I, I like it. I would like a series of that. We haven't gotten it ever, but it'd be sweet. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the last game we have to talk about is we played the Warriors on Sunday the 10th. Let me let me give you a little breakdown of this game. The Bovada line in this was Warriors by 17. The Suns won by four. So take that. <laughs> 115, 111. The over under was 234, and it was the under 226. So that was pretty cool to win that game. I was not expecting it. When I started watching this, 
I thought that all hope was lost. We scored 16 points in the first quarter. It was 29-16 to 16 at the end of the first. I even said to myself, I don't need to watch this. We all know what's going to happen. It's going to be another blowout. It wasn't. It was great. Yeah, second night of a back-to-back. Uh, I, I literally trip, called it a scheduled loss. I called it a scheduled loss last We week. all did. Yeah. yeah it was. It, yeah, it was. I mean, you go and play Portland. Portland's tough. And then you have to come down to the Bay Area and play in Oracle. That's a, that's a scheduled loss. And, uh, yeah, it was a scheduled loss for the Warriors. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. You don't want to catch the Suns on the second night of a back-to-back <laughs> on a road trip. I mean, Lakers caught us, so... Yeah, or, or well, we caught the late whatever. Who cares? Yeah. I don't know how that's saying. I'm trying to say that we beat the Lakers because I wanted to say it again. We did beat the Lakers. It was great. Just, just in case, just in case Lakers anyone forgot. Make the playoffs, and neither are we. But we we scored 40 points in the second quarter, which was awesome. That second quarter was so good. Oh my gosh, this was a great game. So, Devin Booker, what a game! 37 points. Eight rebounds, eleven assists, hit nine. He was nine for nine from the free throw line. Two steals as well. It was awesome. Kelly Oubre also had a good game. Twenty-two points, five rebounds, nine for fourteen shooting, and four for five. Four for five from three. Whew, that was nice. Six turnovers, but we'll let that one go. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton had eighteen points, nine rebounds, four assists, nine for nineteen shooting, a block and a steal as well. That was great. He had a, had a lot of little good. turnaround jumpers that were pretty quick and in the post, and he looked really good. And almost like he wasn't fully extending or like finishing his shot, but they looked good. Yeah, they did. They were going in, so I'll take it. Mikhail Bridges, ten points, four rebounds, two assists, three steals, and he was stealing the ball from Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Yep. Yes. It was awesome. Yes. It was so great. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, this was a fun game. This was one of the best games we've had in a long time. Maybe I'll go back and watch this again. But, yeah, the the Warriors just couldn't stop us. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like they were terrible. But, you know, Eddie said this on the broadcast, too. Since they signed Kevin Durant and now DeMarcus Cousins, the Warriors just have so much star power in their starting lineup, but their bench is just almost non-existent at times. I mean, Andre Iguodala is still good. Uh, He's, he's a shell right now. Yeah. He's not, he's not what he used to be for sure, but he can be good. Sean Livingston kind of is too. Yeah. And Kevon Looney, I never thought he was that great, but I mean, I mean their bench this year is better than it was last year. Yeah. It's still not great though. Yeah. But, so it doesn't matter though, and right, they can right. get away with, you know, not really playing. Yeah, they don't really need well. it, right? And I mean, Clay Thompson had twenty-eight points, five rebounds, and five assists, four for fifteen from three. They just let him jack everything up, which they should. Yeah, but he I, had six turnovers too. Yeah, he so. turned it over quite a bit. He's yeah, he's never been a very strong ball handler. Right, and I think he, he, he gets a, he gets a pass a lot for a lot of it, but right. people don't people don't necessarily just realize it. So he he's been bad for a while at, at that, and hasn't really ever. Imp- I mean, he he's fine, but he's just not good. So yeah. turning the ball over and jacking it up, it seems like they just were bricking threes left and right, like they were just tossing them up and getting not necessarily yeah. bad looks, but. Right, well, and Steph was 4 for 15 from 3 as well. Yeah. And he had 18 points, 8 assists, and 7 rebounds, but 6 for 20 from the floor. So, that's, I mean, if if each of those guys hit one more 3, we lose that game. Yeah, exactly. But, but uh, that's just how they fell tonight. Steph, Steph uh, he can't come in on a, I'm going to shout out, I haven't gotten to say this, uh, this nickname on the show yet, but uh, the future misses has been calling uh, Tyler Johnson Teen Wolf since we traded for him. <laughs> That's funny, and I really like that nickname. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout that out right now. Is uh, Steph Curry couldn't just come a Teen Wolf uh, and get the best of yeah. him? 
I, I call him Moe's because he looks like Moe's from The Office. That's fair. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the the other thing, the other interesting thing to note in this is Demarcus Cousins, thirteen points, five rebounds, two assists, two blocks. Like he's good, but they had to sit him in the fourth quarter. He is a huge defensive liability, yeah. and he was like before the injury, and right. could just kind of get switched out on. He was, I mean, like he could be serviceable, but he's just not quick enough on his feet and. I I don't think I think people are realizing just how much that like Achilles injury has kind of hurt that like he's still good he can still you know his jump shot's great he can still do like all the things in the post he can be a one on one defender in the post but right. as soon as he gets switched on to anyone like on the perimeter he just he can't do it he's no DeAndre Ayton <laughs> no because <laughs> Ayton is I'm not gonna say good. But he's the Giannis stopper. He's, yeah, he, he can play <laughs> defense kind of now. Zach Lowe mentioned that uh, on the podcast with Arnovitz that Aiton has gone from completely lost and clueless on defense to he kind of knows what he's doing now. And he was like, he's progressed how you would expect a rookie center to. Yeah, I mean, like, like nice. The Aiton defense thing. Uh, I mean, who knows about coaching? I mean, he was also, like, I think a lot in his own head early on in the season of trying yeah. to fix it. And yeah, it seemed like that happened a lot, especially uh, when he would try to help. And after the first couple of times where he got kind of burned and his guy just got, like, an open shot, that he would stop in the middle between trying to help and not helping and staying on his guy. Right. And that's not happening as much now. Right. So that's great. But, uh, I mean, his perimeter defense and, like, footwork there was fine at the beginning of the season was still good so yeah yeah he had the tools now he's putting it together yep but yeah this was a great one but we'll talk about the games that we have coming up oh, this week also oh, one more thing of course uh kevin durant went out with a foot injury that could have oh, helped yes. attribute a little bit uh but uh you know we'll take all the help we can get yes we will <laughs> take it so we have three games before the next episode comes out. Wednesday the 13th, we're home against the Jazz. Friday the 15th, beware the Ides of March. We play at Houston, and Saturday the 16th, we're at New Orleans. Are we winning any of those games? Uh, New Orleans is our best bet. The, the Jazz can kind of go either way, but they're they're good still. Um, yeah. not, a, not as good as I think that everyone expected them to be, which I think everyone just really overrated their kind of hot streak at the end of last year. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think that still the New Orleans is the best bet. They they can play well, and they can, they can be good. And obviously their biggest issue has been injuries throughout the season, and that's why they're so far back where they're at. But Right. No, I mean, we're not going to go up against the Rockets. They're kind of healthy right now, and they've been on a tear still. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. I think we're going to win all of them. Oh, that's fair. I think that's good. <laughs> I think uh, Aiden, Aiden will uh, guard up on Harden, and yep. Harden will yeah. only score 35 or whatever. Yeah, I think Yeah, Aiden will guard Donovan Mitchell. He'll guard James Harden. He'll guard Anthony Davis for sure, and I don't think any of them are going to score any points. Oh. We're we're actually uh, we're gonna do a power play, and he's gonna guard Drew Holiday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I could see it. <laughs> Put Bender on AD. Yep. Exactly. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to touch on what you said about the Jazz because I was thinking about this the other day. I, along with a lot of other people, predicted that the Jazz would finish second in the West. No, they nope. are not close to second in the West. Nope, they're not. They, yeah, they have not been as good as a lot of people expected. That's bad, and you should feel bad. No, I'm just kidding. I do. Yep, I'm just I kidding. feel very bad every day. <laughs> <laughs> just because of that. No. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. And I was also thinking about, I said the Lakers would make the playoffs. I think I predicted them to be seventh in the West. I'm so glad I was wrong about that. I, I mean, conventional wisdom was they were going to make the playoffs. I know there was some things going around of them missing the playoffs, but, I, I mean, they 
Obviously, they had an easier schedule to start out the season, but they were the fourth seed before LeBron went out and missed almost 20 games. Right. So, you know, who knows there. If LeBron maybe... just makes them worse. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, maybe if LeBron's in, maybe Lonzo doesn't have, like, his injury, like... Right. No. I, that that I'm, kind of yeah. stuff. And so. LeBron, I, I feel like a lot of people have been pointing this out, that LeBron has never really been hurt for that long in his career. No, he's so had, like... That, that, like, really threw him off. There was a... The, his first year with the Cavs, he kind of had, like, that two-week sabbatical in, like, Miami where people were, like, the rumors... Or not the rumors, but the conspiracy theory. I'm not even going to say rumors, but the conspiracy theories were that he went to Miami and took steroids and HGH and stuff and they came back and... The team was fine. You know what? I'm just going to say it. The steroid era was the best era of baseball. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I saw that on Twitter somewhere, though, and I thought it was really funny. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, those are our upcoming games. But now it is time to move on to my favorite section, the non-sports section of the show. And. I I guess I was just hit with a jolt of inspiration tonight. Thought of a, a nice question for this. And that question is, what would be the best possible flavor of Hot Pocket? And what would be the worst possible flavor of Hot Pocket? Are, are you going to tell part of the reason of your inspiration? Of how you were like shoving an entire Hot Pocket in your mouth before um, this? Excuse or? you, I would rather not. <laughs> Edit that out, please. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's Sunday night, okay? I don't... I cooked in the morning on Saturday. Didn't want to cook tonight. I need to get back into cooking. I said that on the show before. (laughs) Yeah, you do. But anyway, yes, it was inspired because I happened to eat a Hot Pocket, okay? I just wanted to give... Actually, please don't. I'm not looking for that. I just wanted to you know make it sound like you're you were an animal and just like shoved an entire hot pocket in your mouth i ate it like a normal person yeah I believe. so anyways <laughs> when it comes to hot pockets i haven't had one in forever everyone loves the fact that they can be both boiling hot and ice cold at the same exact time yep my favorite they hot defy pocket, science they do my favorite hot pocket always was the ham and cheese breakfast one. Oh, you can't go wrong Sometimes okay. sometimes they would have like the croissant crust like on mm-hmm. those, but mm-hmm. that was always my go-to was the ham and cheese one. It, it was yep. great. Um, I was never a big of like the pepperoni or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, sometimes like the all cheese ones or whatever, like they were, they were like the pizza ones, but mm-hmm. like, like those this, were fine. But. This is not the question though. You're creating your own. You have to create your I, own I flavor of hot pocket. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm okay. going. I'm going through okay. with this though. I Get think the there. the breakfast <laughs> hot pocket is the way to go. Okay. The, I see that. Just listen to me. Listen. To me. <laughs> the breakfast hot pocket is where it's at. So. There are a million hot pocket flavors. How are you supposed to make your own? Like, you do. You just do the whole breakfast. You do the whole thing. So it's in a bagel. Instead is there of oatmeal in it. No, it come. You dip oatmeal in it on the side. <laughs> you dip it in oatmeal. <laughs> okay, I I know I just said bagel, but scratch that. It's a waffle, right? Oh. Okay. So it's a it's a waffle. It's a waffle crust. You have the really crappy fake scrambled eggs. I'm gonna have to cut that out. The really fake scrambled eggs, that are in all the like microwave breakfast stuff. Um, you have cheese. You have. Fried chicken. Ooh, okay. Interesting. So it's the little bit of chicken and waffles thing. While like also that. having, you know, you have to have cheese in a hot pocket. Yeah, you do. What and about gravy? I'm going to say it comes in okay. two different ways. Uh-huh. One of them has gravy on the inside. The other one, maple syrup. Nice. That's good. And you know what you could do? You could have, you could have one that's fried chicken and one that's chorizo. Chorizo and waffles? I guess it doesn't have to be a waffle, but... Uh, mine just a specific, reg- a regular mine, crust. Mine specifically is a waffle crust. Okay, that would be good. I do like that idea. Okay, do you have a worst? Or I'll, I'll give one of my best. There we go. And then we can go to worst. So, I thought of this idea right as I was saying it. I like the breakfast direction, 
I'm going to take it the opposite, and I'm going to say dessert Hot Pocket. Okay. So a Pop-Tart. Graham Cracker. Graham Cracker Crust, and it's going to be a S'mores Hot Pocket. So okay. kind of like a Pop-Tart, but it's going to be more filled chocolate and marshmallow with... It's going to have to be a little bit bready, but... Well, I was going to say, yeah. crust. Don't you have, like, almost like a cakey or a... What are those? They have them at, like the chain restaurants that are all the same like applebee's and chilies they have the molten cakes yeah yeah like one of those like kind of like yeah kind of like that but you just pop it in the microwave s'mores hot pocket i guess mm. pop tarts has totally done that let me see if i can get <laughs> yeah. something off the top of my head <laughs> i didn't think about pop tarts um hmm. i like the idea of biscuits and gravy so even just like sausage and gravy and like a biscuity kind of crust if you could do that um, See, the problem is is that like there are so many Hot Pocket flavors, and it's so hard. There's a lot. Here, okay, here's one that you could do. Pot roast. Okay. If you're feeling fancy, do a pot roast Hot Pocket. And it's like just regular crust, but it's got beef, au jus sauce, but a little oh, bit thicker. No. <laughs> Carrots, celery, you know, pot roast. Okay, so I've got an idea for okay. best. What if we what if we did a Hot Pockets like marketing initiative and it's like Hot Pockets of the world? Oh, interesting. So, so there's like a Thai Hot Pocket and oh. there's like a Chinese Hot Pocket and like I mean like the Chinese one's basically a dumpling and so is the Thai one. But right, like right, the Mexican Hot Pocket is like a, a big quesadilla basically. Uh, or yeah, or like an enchilada basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh you know, like the, an English... the Irish hot pocket is like shepherd's pie flavor. <laughs> yeah, or haggis. Mm, if you really I want like it. this, I like. They should hire us. This is good. We're you know we missed our we missed our calling. There could be like a chicken curry. Yeah, exactly. From India, <laughs> that a chicken curry hot pocket does not sound good though. You know, like it could be like one of those like the non bread like crust. Oh, yeah, mm. that sounds good in theory. But microwaving that does uh, not sound good. <laughs> you don't know. The microwave technology is huge right now. Oh, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's not a bad idea. Uh, tweet at us on Twitter, at Sunny and PHX Pod, if you can think of any other good Hot Pocket ideas. But let's talk about the worst possible flavors. Do you have anything? Something that just really would not translate into a stuffed sandwich. I feel like, I feel like there's some stuff, but I'm I'm trying to think more. I had, I was all in on like which direction to go for the best. the The worst is a little bit harder. I will say, the chicken pot pie hot pocket, like in real life, is not very good. But there are like mini pot pies that are chicken pot pies that yes. are basically hot pockets right. so but the chicken pot pie hot pocket is not good yeah so they should have been able to fix that like how can marie calendars make a microwavable hot pot pie that tastes so good and then right like i know it's insane um it is. A, i feel like a peanut butter and jelly hot pocket like one of those that Schmuckers, sounds pretty bad <laughs> like an un like the uncrustables but like you microwave it <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I'm like thinking I'm thinking split pea soup. Ooh, that would be a pretty bad soup. hot pocket flavor. I feel like there's some sort of seafood one that would just like oh, not anything translate. With seafood would not translate. I mean tuna. Anything oh, I was going to say like a tuna melt like hot pocket. Oh, that sounds bad. <laughs> that would... I can smell that right now. That does not sound good. That would... Or anything with shrimp. Maybe like um like I gumbo. Know. I don't think gumbo would translate. Very I think well. I think there's something with shrimp that might be able to translate if you get like the br- like the crust right, the breading. Yeah. I think the normal like hot pocket breading though, like I don't think I, I agree. I think that shrimp wouldn't be I able just, to translate. I just I don't like the idea of microwave seafood. That's Those fair. Those two just never really go together. That's fair. Um yeah. Sometimes it just happens though. And you just sometimes, have to get the micro seafood. Sometimes <laughs> it does. Uh, I would also say... What was I going to say? There's like... Oh, I just thought of a good one, though. Ooh. Oreo. You could do Oreo. Like... Just per, like... Like a good an one? Oreo, 
Yeah, for a good one. Oreo crust with a little cream. Oh, but that's a Pop-Tart already. Yeah, that's just a Never pop- mind. Never you're just, mind. You're just thinking Disregard. of Pop-Tarts now. Disregard the dessert talk. I thought that was good, but it's not. I think, the, like, the molten cake one was, like, your best bet of, like, making a Hot Pocket one. Yeah. With, yeah. like, a fake ice cream in the middle or something. Oh, yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, I think... I, I Falafel think Hot Pocket? That might f- not be great. Maybe a Euro Hot Pocket would be pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, that, that could be bad. Because, like, a Euro's good, but, like, that, like, Greek yogurt sauce would probably yeah, be tzatziki, awful microwave. Lamb and tzatziki <laughs> in a Hot Pocket. Yeah, I don't... I can't imagine that being executed well. Yeah, I think that, like, just, like, it would microwave, like, the Greek yogurt thing, and you'd end up with some, like, culture that you're not supposed to eat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Anything with banana would be really bad. I feel like warm, mushy, microwaved banana just does not sound appealing. I mean, unless it's like banana bread, like a banana bread hot pocket. Banana bread, but not with actual bananas in it. Like if that was filled with, I don't know, frosting, (laughs) (laughs) that might be okay. If this was a toaster strudel and... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a banana bread toaster strudel. All right, that's fair. terrible. Yeah. All right, well, I, this I, got weird. Yeah, I th- <laughs> the, th- the, really a- the reality is there's a lot of things that don't translate once you think about it. Right. I would love to hear what the fans have to say about this one, though. Find so. one that's worse than tuna melt. I don't think you can. Yeah, like, I think tuna melt is probably the worst. Like the canned tuna, like... Right. Nothing's worse than that. And I like the canned tuna, but not microwaved. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, especially if you've made it this far. We appreciate it. Tune in next week where we'll do the same thing again. (laughs) Until then, go Suns.